Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Hey guys, welcome back to Cheaper Than Therapy. Um, we have another one of our coaching laser sessions coming up, and this one with is with Elle. Elle was interesting. Elle, um, you know, I think interesting in the sense that I feel like so many people can relate to what we talked about in this session, even if not specifically like for the content itself. Um, it, it has to do really with our dynamics with parents. And, mm. you know, Danae and I talked about this a little bit afterwards about how, you know, she's in her early 20s and how much our relationship dynamics change with our parents, especially during that age. But I guess for any of us, it really could be any time where we become adults and therefore we have to set boundaries and change how we allow our parents to interact with us and kind of establish that with them, right? Like establish I'm an adult now and this is what I will and will not kind of accept and tolerate. Yeah. And I think we can all sort of relate to that experience of sort of going out into the world, having your experience of life, and then you go back home and sort of feel like you're pulled right back into all those dynamics you grew up with, all of the challenges you grew up with, and maybe some of the paradigms, the right. ways of being in the world that you don't want to continue, right? So right. how do I hold firm with those boundaries? How do I continue or keep that sense of self that I've sort of grown into as I'm going back um, in a way that doesn't create a whole lot of conflict with my family? Right. Which is, which is, you know, tough and something I think a lot of us fear. Like if mm. I speak up, then, you know, I'm going to hurt this person or I'm going to hurt the relationship. We are doing another little mini, um, what are we calling these? Just kind of Zoom sessions, mini sessions. Uh, And especially during the time of the coronavirus, we really wanted to put it out there and offer these kind of free 30-minute, I guess, lightning sessions, maybe laser sessions, something like that, (laughs) um, to as many people as we could, right? We feel like it was one way that we could try to give back uh, during this kind of crazy time. Uh, And today we have Elle joining us. So hi, Elle. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. And um, I'm not going to go into your story. I'll let you do that. But the top line of what we're going to be talking about today is you have moved back home with mom. And it sounds like she has kind of always struggled with weight and eating and all that that fun topic. And it sounds like her kind of constant talking about it and bringing it up um, is starting to build a lot of resentment in you. And maybe you have your own kind of uh, history with eating as well. Yeah. 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 So um, I guess just to like give some sort of background growing up, that was a big topic in our house is um, a lot of constant weight and food talk and Mm. diets and exercise. And, you know, especially my mom was on, you know, a lot of diets and then off them. So a lot of like yo-yo dieting and that was just, you know, pretty much quote unquote normal mm-hmm. talk for our house. And as I grew up a little bit, I did develop, you know, some disordered eating habits and unhealthy relationship with food. And I never particularly struggled with weight 
per se um, growing up, but I did, you know, um, develop these habits and patterns. And in fact, I'm, when I was about 16, I'd say my mom did actually discover that I was purging, you know, and having these, you know, just on and off patterns and behaviors. Mm. And at that moment, it definitely was, I guess, rock bottom, if that, Mm. you know, for lack of better words, um, for both of us, there was just a lot of, you know, tears and um, anger and kind of yelling. And it was um, a big conversation, kind of a blow up. Then I'd say like the next day and the next coming weeks, it kind of was just like nothing had ever happened. Mm. So it really was just not a topic again. We didn't really discuss it or anything. And so that's how it kind of, you know, played out the next few years. And um, I really kind of healed from that a little bit um, on my own and really kind of just navigated that, you know, the best I could. Here I am. I'm about to graduate college in May, but because of, you know, COVID-19, I had to move back home out of the dorm and things like that. So now I'm back home and living, you know, with my mom and it's, so it's, I need to begin with, right? Like this whole global pandemic Mm -hmm. is like a whole mix of emotions and anxiety and need for control and all of that stuff. Like I'm sure everyone is feeling I'm not alone in that, but mixing that with just the constant talk and, you know, exercising and Mm. what are we going to do and what are we going to eat knowing that maybe next week we'll be out of that diet cycle and then it'll just be on and off again. It's just been really really activating. Yeah. Really like the biggest word that's coming up for me. is like, Ooh, activating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so it's definitely like, I have these feelings of resentment and anger that I guess, Mm are just building up, it feels like. And it's funny because I've just, growing up, I've never been, I guess, like an angry, you know, child or person, or that's also never been me. Like confrontation is also very difficult for me. So my go-to is like, shut it out or just, you know, stay quiet because that's always just been my personality. Mm -hmm. So right now, especially that I'm like, feel like it's a built up emotion that's starting to come out. It's just Mm -hmm. really difficult, you know, because I definitely also understand that she has her own struggles and she's doing her best. Um, So it's just, you know, difficult to navigate and um, come through, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, what you're speaking to is just such a, like, first of all, it's such a tender space. This space of body image that I don't know if there's a woman that can't relate to this struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Around how we relate to food, how we sort of use food as a form of control, how it is something that from such a young age, we are sort of taught to have a relationship with that is is a struggle, you know? Mm -hmm. So for so many of us, I think we learn how we relate to food from our mothers and quite often that is sort of a dysfunctional relationship. Mm-hmm. So even as I hear you talking about it, I'm feeling such a deep resonant, like, yes, mm-hmm. I so relate to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I think for so many of us, um, what is happening with this COVID-19 outbreak and having to sort of return for a lot of us to family of origin or even being in a space where we're sort of forced to be with ourselves, it is bringing mm-hmm. up a lot of the childhood traumas, the childhood things that we struggled with, even when we've done a lot of work around them to heal mm-hmm. them, they're mm-hmm. coming right back up as we're in a deep, right. Yeah. time, right? And you're like planted right in the middle of it. So I just, you know, mm-hmm. thank you for bringing this 
end to this conversation because I think it's something that so many of us relate to so deeply, especially right now. Yeah. And you know, I'm curious when you say that you, I mean, I, I totally echo everything Danae is saying too, right? I mean, I think that not just women, I think a lot of men too, but a, a lot of women can deeply resonate with what's happening with you. Um, and I know that with myself, I just had uh, my my first baby and it's a girl. And so my mother was actually here recently too. And I definitely had this moment of hearing her talk about her body mm-hmm. and constantly mm-hmm. slamming herself, which she's done my whole life and mm-hmm. having a different perspective of it and going, yeah, I'm going to shut that down. I don't want that being spoken about in front of, in front of my kid. Right. Um, right. So I totally resonate with that. And I'm wondering, so when you say that you worked at around 16 to heal, what what was that like for you? Like, what was your healing process? I'm curious to know kind of what you did to take care of yourself. And if you feel like you've come out the other side, maybe what that looks like. Um, so it definitely, like, obviously wasn't linear. I also, because I also wasn't diagnosed, and I guess it, I guess wasn't severe, I'm using air quotes, because yeah. what does that even mean? But um, I had like weeks where I was perfectly fine, you know, or days where it was like, totally fine. And then I would kind of fall back on it when I was super stressed or something like that. But I guess healing most of all for me just looked like kind of choosing to not think about it, you know, or doing a lot of like, I invested a lot of time in things that I loved, you know, or like hobbies or sports or, you know, I kind of kept myself busy through it all to kind of just get through it. And when I was a freshman in college, I went to my counseling center and, you know, Mm -hmm. spoke with a counselor and have been going, you know, routinely Mm -hmm. um, still to this day and kind of worked through a lot of stuff. So that's kind of, obviously it's not perfect still now, right? Like, um, there what does that even mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So yeah. there's still bad days, you know, for, you know, again, like you said, any woman can resonate with that and men too, mm-hmm. but um, when it comes to body image, but uh, so it's kind of just been kind of starting to reach out and get to mm-hmm. a place where I feel like I can reach out mm-hmm. um, has been really helpful. Yeah. You know what I think is so powerful about what I was hearing you say, Elle, is that this isn't a linear process with any sort of healing work that we do, you know, and there are ebbs and flows and there are periods of time where we feel like, yeah, there's a lot of peace I have around this topic and this subject. And I really don't feel like I'm struggling with food or whatever it is that much. And then we'll Mm -hmm. be sort of back in a situation or a moment where it's like, and here this is again, and it feels like it's full force. Right. And I think, you know, a little bit, what I hear you saying when you're talking about the ways that I, I sort of just like, focused on other things and I did what I needed to do to get by and Mm -hmm. be okay with it is a little bit, I suppressed what was really hard about that for a while. Mm -hmm. And now it's coming back up Mm -hmm. to the surface. And I wonder if it's coming back up as sort of an invitation to do some healing around this, Mm -hmm. right? Like how can I sort of allow for maybe a different conversation around this, even with myself. Mm. You know, you said something I thought Mm -hmm. was so powerful about how I sort of, for the most part, am pretty happy. Like that is, Mm -hmm. you know, like the baseline. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true for most of us that that is Mm -hmm. sort of what we are conditioned to believe, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. either happy or there's something wrong. You're either happy or we need to fix it. And I think this time Mm -hmm. has become sort of an invitation for all of us Mm -hmm. to really get honest about but what else is true about what I'm feeling, right? Like what else is here that maybe needs some space to be felt? Like, mom, this is really hard for me. 
to be in this space of us together and constantly Mm -hmm. be in the space of being stressed out about food. Like it just feels like another source of agitation that I don't really need right now, to be honest. Like, how does that feel as I say that? Um, Even as you said that, like my heart started to quicken. (laughs) I understand. Same. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I was like, let me tell you how I feel about that. (laughs) It's like that, that relationship with our mothers. Like what is it? Like, like, whoever you think you are in the world, go out and then have a conversation with your mother and you will like right back there. That's true for all of us. Right. Like, absolutely. You're 15, 16 again. Right. I mean, in that moment. Yeah. It feels (laughs) like I'm a child again and I'm like, Oh no. Well, and let's also speak to the fact that when it was brought to the surface, right. So we'll do this as quick as we can in our time frame. You, in a lot of ways, of course, you learn your eating behaviors and your behavior around food from mom. But in a lot of ways, at 15, 16, and probably even earlier, you were trying, mostly unconsciously, especially at that age, to almost put a mirror on what was going on in the household, right? Mm -hmm. And so you adopted this behavior, sure. But in a way, when you got caught, quote unquote, at 16, you were turning the mirror on mom. And guess what? she wasn't capable of seeing it, right? And not only was she not capable of seeing it in herself, she wasn't capable of seeing it in you. That's really hard, especially at 16. I'm not saying she didn't maybe, you know, give you a hug in the moment and say something, but then to pretend like nothing happened Hmm. is really painful because it's basically saying, let's ignore this. It's not a problem. Your suffering isn't real. And that is like, it's, the feeling of being gutted, especially when it's your mom. And so I'm half joking about sweating. Yeah. Right. Only half joking because (laughs) the idea, and because you said, you know, I'm not confrontational and I'm always happy and I can resonate with that very much, especially with my own mother. The idea of saying to her, mom, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. I know is so like monumentally uncomfortable. Right. And going back to what Danae said, there is this kind of crazy opportunity that's been dropped in our lap because of the situation that maybe, and it's a baby step. It might not be, hey, mom, let me tell you how uncomfortable this is for me, right? That might feel too much. But what would the baby step look like for you to start addressing the resentments around this topic? Because here's the thing, those resentments aren't going to go away Mm -hmm. until you start putting voice to them. Mm -hmm. And you right now are holding both your activation and your kind of disordered eating stuff that's coming up and you're holding it for mom too by not putting words to it now you're holding it for both of you mm-hmm. and that's not fair you know mm. yeah I don't know what comes up for you um, when I say that it definitely makes me like emotional mm-hmm. you know to think about especially to say that you know the problem initially was ignored and feeling mm-hmm. like that um sense of suffering wasn't acknowledged, Mm -hmm. you know, so now, um, to feel too, like, if I guess maybe another fear is that if I were to make that baby step and kind of say it up again, like, would that happen again? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, but I guess that's just a risk that I have to take, you know? Yeah. And I think what was so powerful for me about what Vanessa said was, we do this thing called reparenting in psychology, Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. we sort of have this opportunity as adults to step into a moment of when we were younger and sort of be that advocate, that perfect parent, I'm using quotes Mm -hmm. that none of us had that we needed in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. So if we were to go back into that moment of you being 16 
realizing there's an unhealthy relationship with food that's been happening here. How would I have liked someone to talk to me in that moment? Mm. What could someone have said to me that was what I needed to hear that to Vanessa's point, your mother wasn't able to say at that time because she didn't have the tools Mm -hmm. because this was a struggle that she had herself that was being mirrored to her through her child. Mm. So watching you go through it, Oh my gosh. So unbelievably painful for her. I have no doubt. Right. So she had to shut down. She had to suppress the overwhelming feelings that I know were coming up for her. Mm -hmm. And so if you could sort of go back to that moment and think about what did I need to hear that maybe I can say to myself right now? Mm. Do you know what Mm. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I, I hear Danae say that. And also I want to, I want to put words to part of the balance of this, and it is a balancing act actually, as I'm thinking about it, is the empathy and mm. sympathy that we might feel for mom. Yes. And it's okay to feel like you weren't there for me. Mm. And I resent you for continuing to bring this up and have to have me deal with this, right? Like both can exist. We can feel that empathy and sympathy for her and be pissed off at the same time right. and hurt and, mm-hmm. str- and all the things, right? And so I don't want you to think that you have to choose like your resentment yeah. has a place and it makes sense, you know, and being empathetic to her doesn't make it go away. And right. I think we both understand like how difficult that is to feel, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that it can be really hard to hold how much I love my mother with mm-hmm. the, the real felt experience of, and I'm pissed off mm-hmm. that there was a moment where I really needed you and you weren't able to show up for me in that way. Yeah. And I definitely too think like it's, it's really interesting to hear you say that because I guess a lot of my mindset has been to like, no, like she definitely struggles too. And she has mm-hmm. her own set of struggles. So I don't need to make that worse by being mm-hmm. mad at her, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes so um, much sense. So it's just been like that, just like you said, like a balancing act of trying to just figure that out. You know what I will say, Elle, that mindset, while it can be helpful in moments, is also another form of distracting yourself. Hmm. It's just another form of finding an activity and a hobby and a this and a that to pretend like those feelings aren't there. The more we don't allow ourselves to feel and acknowledge and put words to the quote unquote darker emotions, Um, the less likely we are to show up in this fully felt sense, capable, amazing way as a human being, right? It doesn't make you a bad daughter that you hold resentment towards your mom. It doesn't make you a bad daughter that you're pissed off or that you have hurt feelings or whatever these things are that come up for you, right? It makes you a human in a relationship, right? I mean, that's, it would be the same thing as if you were with a romantic partner and they said something that hurt your feelings. You can tell this person, you hurt my feelings, you piss me off and I still love you. One doesn't negate the other. And I think this is something you speak to a lot, V, that like it's that difference between like, like shame And, you know, like, so it becomes not like this thing that you did was bad. This thing that you did, I didn't like, but not you you are not bad, right? The thing was bad. You are not bad. And that's sort of the differentiation. Like this interaction hurt me, but you know, you are not a bad person. And I think that's a little bit how you've, you've talked about that. And that's sort of helped me to frame it a lot of Mm -hmm. times that we can hold conflict that way, right? That's how we sort of express it so that I make a little bit of room for this is what I'm feeling. And it's not me saying that you're a bad person, 
but this is how that interaction between us made me feel. Yeah. And in saying that, I don't know your mom, but <laughs> if she <laughs> hasn't done her work around this stuff, mm -hmm. going to her in that moment and saying to her, this hurt my feelings, I have a sneaking suspicion because of the disordered eating and because of all the things that she's probably struggling with, she's going to hear you are bad. <laughs> she's yeah. not going to hear in this moment, this is hurting me. I love you, but she's not going to hear that. Right. And so I also yeah. can imagine that's an added layer to your struggle with how do I verbalize this to her? Because you don't want her to hear that. That's not your responsibility to carry. And so what does that look like on a tangible level? Right. I think mm -hmm. that's like, how do I hold boundaries? Knowing that when I set a boundary, normally we set boundaries with people that one, need the boundary and two, are going to be really resistant to it. So yeah. some of my work becomes about tending to myself in the discomfort of their disapproval with me, right? Like they can have their feeling. Hurt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like they can have that feeling of being upset and it's actually not for me to fix because if you do fix it for her, what you're doing is robbing her of the opportunity to see this feeling doesn't last forever. So it's like, as you teach yourself to ride the wave of all of the full spectrum of your feelings, what's beautiful, Elle, is that you're actually teaching your mom, you're modeling for your mom how it's done. So you become the child sort of showing the parent another way to do something. Wow. Mm, it's <laughs> hard work. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. What are you thinking? I can see a lot of things I know. flying out of your face. For those of you listening, we are looking at each other, so I can see on your face. <laughs> I know. No, I'm just thinking how I just, these are like perspectives that I just never, I guess, have thought about, especially when you talked about like how I'm distracting myself, you know, I guess this is something I've totally been doing. So, and then hearing all of these things that are like totally resonating right now is making me also realize like how beneficial and helpful it would be to, I guess, draw these boundaries now and what healing from here on out, I guess, would look like. And let's also be clear, you were a child. So yeah. no one expected 15, 16 year old you to draw this boundary with her and put words to that emotion, right? Because when we're kids, our parents kind of, we are almost like we put this on ourselves to almost become the caretaker of our parents. Many of us, not all of us, but many of us do, right? And so there's no blame or shame in 16-year-old you not in that moment saying, hey, mom, I need you to show up for me this way, right? Because what 16-year-old has that kind of vernacular, right? But you are on a precipice right now, right? Like you're transitioning into adulthood. And so this is uncomfortable because now you're at this kind of, you're at a rub. You're at a place where there's child version you and there's adult version you. And it's almost like, okay, I'm standing here and I'm looking at this edge. How do I want to show up in this new transition in my life into adulthood, right? Because the pretending it's not there and holding the resentment and all those things, that's 16 year old me. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Even sometimes as a 35-year-old, I do that still, right? Girl. Let's <laughs> be real. But sometimes you can look at it and you can separate yourself and say, okay, that's my 16-year-old pattern of behavior that I, was, I learned. It was for survival. I needed to not say anything in that moment because I was protecting my mom, all these things, right? And mm -hmm. now I'm looking at how do I want to show up myself as an adult moving forward? 
And that's where we start to create these boundaries and have these hard conversations and which no one expected you to do when you were a kid. Right. Absolutely. And I feel like when it comes to, I think both V and I can agree, like conflict is not something we love either. Most of us don't, but (laughs) it's challenging, right? So I think sometimes it can be useful to say, okay, like what is the actual dialogue? Like what words do I use to start to approach Mm -hmm. um, setting these boundaries in these moments that I feel activated? And I say always, it can be really helpful to use I statements speaking from my experience, this is how it feels for me, not so much about what the other person is doing, right? So that mm-hmm. might be, mom, you know, I am realizing I'm really struggling with the stress of this time and how mm-hmm. I want to start to like reframe food and my relationship with food. So I'm going to really try to not do blank when Obsess it comes about this or mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Whatever thing. So it becomes complete, hundred percent ownership of this is me. This is what's going on for me. This is how it's playing out for me. I'm not even going to speak to you and what's going on with you. (laughs) That's your side of the street. That's your business. This is about me and my business and what's coming up for me. So it just—it's like you hold yourself in that boundary of this is what I'm doing for me, and then as it comes up again, as it inevitably will, I'm back in my boundary. You know, for me, I'm really trying not to have that kind of a conversation with myself around food. And you stay strong in the I, I, I. And it it becomes less like um, of an accusation. And sometimes that's easier for that person to receive. Does that make sense? Total. Makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, and also... I think like um, a sidebar to that approach, because I very much echo that approach. If you have, and, and this might not be your mother, maybe it's, a, it's somebody out there that's listening. If you have a parent that might hear that and still hear that as a criticism mm-hmm. um, and still maybe retaliate in some way verbally, a lot of, a good way that I have found as kind of like a follow-up to the eye is when that kind of lash out or that bite back happens, what I tend to do is not make it a big thing in that moment. I, I like to talk about it to my clients as like, say it almost in passing, right? So if mom turns around and says, well, aren't you perfect in the way you handle food, right? As right. an example, I'm right. just imagining somebody yeah. coming back with some kind of retaliation, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I might say in passing, ooh, that kind of hurt or, Ooh, that was, that was a little Mm -hmm. harsh. And then I would walk away. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) because here's what you're doing. You're taking the mirror and you're going, Nope. And people who can't see me, I'm literally turning a mirror around. Nope. I'm not, I'm not holding that for you, but you're not getting into it. It's not a huge blow up. You know, there's no need to have a big blow up. What needs to happen in that moment is she needs to sit with my daughter just made me feel uncomfortable Mm. about what my behavior is. Right. But so by just doing a quick little, Ooh, that was a sting, almost yeah. like jokingly, like you're making light of it and then just not engaging, just walking away. Yeah. It almost diffuses the situation, but also doesn't let her off the hook mm. for the retaliation. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I love that so yeah. much, Fee. I think I that's, that too. yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's a really smart strategy for mm-hmm. this is not what I'm willing to hold. Yeah. Right. I'm not holding any of this. Yep. And we're not going there in this moment. This is not the moment where we're going to have this big conversation because in this moment, what I'm doing is holding my boundary. If we want to have a conversation, that's for another time, right? Let's be real. This big conversation might be something that you build up to eventually. I think to Danae's point right now for you, the baby steps that we were talking about is the standing in your eye Mm. 
and then holding that mirror back up and saying, no, like, oh, that, that was a little hurtful. That yeah. was a little harsh or whatever the yeah. word is that feels right for you. Yeah. And that's totally manageable for mm-hmm. me right now. I can see that like as baby steps and it definitely helps mm-hmm. to think of it in that way. <laughs> and you're reworking your relationship with your mom right now, which by the way is no easy feat. Right. <laughs> and again, you are in the transition to adulthood. So your relationship with mom is going to change, right? Because it has to, you're an adult now. You're not a 16 year old anymore. And this is what you're working for yourself. How does this relationship work best for me as an adult? This is what some of the stuff you're struggling with is. Mm-hmm. It's individuation, normal. right? Like, and whatever form it sort of shows up, Food is how it's like manifesting in your relationship with your mom in this moment, but it always becomes the the thing that is showing up as, again, the invitation for us to do the work and the healing that needs to be done. You have sort of come home right now, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, purposefully, like not, mm-hmm. you know, knowing it, but as a way to sort of heal some of this, this stuff between you and your mom. And plant so seeds yeah. for this new relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm aware of the time, but I just want to ask, like, how are you feeling? What's kind of floating through your mind? Um, a lot. It feels, it feels definitely like a ton of new stuff, but like revelations, almost like a light bulb, mm-hmm. you know, that had to come to light so I can take these baby steps, you know, I guess because all of what I was feeling and saying, I I didn't have a way to feel um, like validated in that. Mm -hmm. So hearing, hearing you all give me like helpful responses and kind of putting a name to what's kind of going on Mm -hmm. um, really shifts my perspective and helps a lot. I'm so grateful that you came to us with this topic. I think that this is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And do, do me, us a favor and just send us an email. Let us know how you're doing. Um, you know, keep us posted Mm -hmm. on how, how it's all going and the the quarantine and how how the baby, how the baby steps are going. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I for sure will. Yeah. Just take care of yourself. This is a really difficult time, Mel. Thank you so much. You all too. All right. Be well. We'll see you soon. Thanks. See you soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin.